Yo, what's up? We are back again with episode 12 of the Deluxe Version. Yep. <laughs> Just me making noises. Uh, if you didn't know, the Deluxe Version, it's a podcast where creators can seek and converse on content and concept. I am your creator, creators, Daryl the Sharp, and I'm back with the man, the, the usual suspect, the man I really appreciate coming through like for an episode, uh, Mr. Josh Lee, back again at it. Yo, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's, it's your boy, Josh. Uh, the nasal god, aka the Pico Pimp. Um, <laughs> I imagine yeah. you, you practice something. I didn't practice something. We out here. We out here. <laughs> back at it again. Back at it again. You know, usual suspects at it again. Just trying to be consistent because consistency is key. No Khaled. Right. Consistency is freaking sexy, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, just basically just trying to get this out the way before uh, Memorial Day weekend gets any crazier. Uh, do you have any? You have any big Memorial Day plans? Yo, I'm actually going on a, a business trip. Oh, Ooh, oh, going on a business it, trip. On a business trip. <laughs> I wanted to think of the Adam Sandler uh, the, uh, poem that he had. He he said, going on a business trip to the big city. Ain't that a pip? And it, some, something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, or, or Mr. D. Is that from Mr. D? Yeah, yeah, okay. When he's yeah, into the, making he, his card, yeah, card he was company? A, <laughs> he was a greeting card writer and everything. But uh, if you can, can you say where you're going or you don't want to say? No, I'm going to uh, beautiful, fabulous, balmy, and tropical indianapolis indiana for, oh. Oh. <laughs> for five days shout out to indy yeah we're gonna be seeing uh the we'll be shooting the commercial for finish line mm-hmm. and so we're actually out there a week i get to put my mm. kind of creative director hat on and just be a douche oh. and um, help style shoots and stuff like that so it's been really cool man oh I'm, talk I'm about that you said you want uh, you want to talk about uh got some big changes for you happening so if yeah you want, yeah, talk yeah. About it. i think this might be a fun topic to kick off so mm-hmm. um I've been a recurring company with Daryl. Actually, got us got us through the door with his um, past experience. No big I, deal. Yeah, I was super green. I had no book really, and I just walked in. But um, you're like, I'm with this kid, and I was like, Yeah, cool. yeah. And then I just peaced out like a few months later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with this kid. I was like, nah, Yeah, ah, shit. Yeah. But long story short, like I had been at the current rate and a similar position, pretty much that I had that I had entered at November 2015 or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's been a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got itchy feet, and I was like, "Hey, let me, let me see if they're willing to put in, um, put in a stake in my career and doing stuff like that." So, with my unique situation with what I do for for Hyundai copywriting as well as what I do for Finish Line, they're like, "Hey, think of a role and think of like what your rate you want." They let you think of a role. Yeah, think of a role. That's awesome. Think of a role. But this is the thing, right? So I, I put I put out like creative lead and social lead content strategies or something like that, but advertisers and agencies are petrified of giving people a strategy role even mm. though i feel like that's kind of what i'm doing already but it's the fact is that strategists in advertising have mm-hmm. to be in the industry like a certain amount of years like they're writing briefs for everybody you know they're really mm-hmm. like even more so than a creative or a writer or even like an account position where they're throwing around those those titles like like nothing right the role of a strategist is really really pivotal i guess to the agency culture and yeah. so i the HR person got back to me. He's like, "Hey, we can't give you a strategist role. Can you adequately describe what you do without calling it strategy?" And so mm-hmm. I started going through the list of things I wanted to call myself. And I, I guess I, I I landed on curator, but mm-hmm. um, I wanted to call myself a street level curator mm-hmm. because I basically <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like I'm a drug dealer and also yeah. like I'm a kind of a gangster. But yeah. the reality is like, yo, a lot of the old people in my agency are, are older, and so mm-hmm. they really look to me to kind of provide like voice of the youth kind of thing mm-hmm. for finish line to make sure that I'm like we're actually working towards something that makes sense for the, and it's authentic to the people yeah. and so 
my I talked to my my bosses. Shout out Jose and Carissa, mm-hmm. and um, the original Mexbians, and uh, they they let me. They were like, "That's stupid, Josh. A street level curator that makes no sense." Just a street kid. Yeah, yeah. Street, yeah. Fucking street rat. Right, right. So they, I ended up going with uh, copywriter and cultural curator. Yeah. So for finish line, I, I think, think what's beautiful for yeah. uh, for people in your position is that like uh, pe- that you know the culture, but at the same time you're very creative. Like you know. Like, uh, it's almost like you're the gray space between both worlds because a lot of times there might be uh, a designer, but they don't know shit about the culture or, yeah. or vice versa. So, right, right. so I think that's really great that uh, they're able to just almost like balance it both. Balance both. For sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wonder what, what a role like that would be in an agency that's possibly younger or cooler mm-hmm. and cooler. And I'm doing Quote unquote. Right yeah. Now. But I think it, it is interesting. Like, I don't, there's certain like backhand accomplishments people be like, oh, like he's our, Res, he's like our resident millennial, but I don't think that's and that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's actually kind of cut cut me off at the knees because I'm like, no, I'm a talented marketer who speaks this culture. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just because I'm young that I know this. And the fact is, like, yo, I'm not even that young no more. Like, we're mm-hmm. at, we're at twenty. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're in a mid like, mid to the late twenties. Yeah, yeah. Yadi, who we'll talk about later, is nineteen years old. Exactly. Teen, like, we know? got kids that like I think I think they said this year that the kids that are graduating this year they were born in the year two thousand. So they're basically like. They could be the last 90 ba- 90s babies, or if the last 90s babies haven't already graduated. Right. Yeah, right. So, that, so it's just interesting like that. It's, it is interesting, man. And so going off, I think, with the first topic, going off the title, my minted, freshly minted title of... <laughs> yeah, what is, is, the, what is the like so official polish title So this now? is Josh Lee, copywriter, cultural curator. Is that LinkedIn official? I, soon enough. Soon <laughs> so, y'all want to look, look out for me, just give a me question. a job on LinkedIn, but my portfolio says not up yet. That's anyway, but that's, I think it's an interesting conversation. It's like, how do you feel about, you know, all these, I guess, cool, like younger companies have really, really unique titles for their, for their people, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in, like an Instathon, like, yes, Jules is like director of vibes. Oh yeah, she is the know? director of vibes. Like before that, no one, no one was calling themselves the director of vibes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, that's, it's, I think it's interesting. It speaks to like that creative director that wanting to wanting to be a creative director culture that need to be it mm-hmm. so is there any other interesting titles you've heard kind of um, being thrown out or ha- like what title would you see yourself in if it's like a buzzword you i basically the same same way like i oh something dope a cultural visionary cultural visionary yeah Got it. i would like i would like that like something like that would be cool for me but don't you feel like that's something that someone should put on you and like should write about you in an article like exactly Darryl, but yeah. then you don't necessarily want to be like yo yeah. i'm a Daryl sharp the cultural vision almost like you have to believe in yourself before others believe in you but i, I would say like i'm a i'm a cultural visionary or or because i don't want to say i'm like a cultural critic because right. i feel like everyone's a cultural critic everyone with the twitter handle is a cultural critic that's right like, basically that's right but <laughs> just sent shots at black twitter just I, no but, like that. i mean people on black twitter should, should be paid honestly oh yeah, yeah. For sure. they're the only things keeping twitter alive exactly right like without black twitter there would be no buzzfeed there would be no no thought catalog no. i know uh there'd probably be no funny or die no shots uh, oh. probably, <laughs> uh but I feel like a lot of things revolve around Black Twitter or people responding to something said on Black Twitter, whether whether it's memes or videos or uh, or even with Vine, like people were, were basically biting biting off Vine, right. so uh, yeah, Vine vultures. Hot, the hottest takes mm-hmm. have come off yep. Black Twitter. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah. yeah, just just throwing them out there, just throwing the shots. But I think that's interesting that uh, that you mentioned that because. Uh, it makes it kind of goes along with the idea of like being thrown in a box because people talk about this idea of being put in a box, so you almost create your own box yeah. in a way, which yeah, is which, yeah, which yeah. is beautiful. 
So uh, I think that kind of leads to what I wanted to talk about in the beginning, because recently I had I had an experience that kind of humbled me and it, it made me realize maybe I'm putting myself in a box or people are putting me in a box when it comes to what I'm allowed to do or what I'm accepted by, because uh, I did have a humbling experience that I wanted to share. Uh, my humbling experience is that I, I did apply for Add Color Futures, but I didn't get in. Oh. I didn't get, yeah, that's my humbling experience. I was like, because oh, I was like, oh, man, I, I was like, all I got to do is apply. I'm a man because I'm the shit. Like, look what I look what I did. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I work for 72. I work for Funny or Die. I work. I was at a notion for a little bit. Now I'm at Laundry Service. And I was like, all I got to do is just put in my name, submit, and that was it. Uh, but so, I, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was basically just like waiting throughout the week because I was supposed to know, but today is the 27th, but I was supposed to know by the 22nd if I was going to make the next round or not, but I don't think they told it people until the 24th. Okay. So I was looking through, I was looking through and I was, and then I was like, oh, so I finally got the email. Uh, They're like, uh, we regret to inform you, you weren't chosen. And I was like, maybe next year. I was like, this is my last year. I can't apply anymore. Is that, is it an age limit? Uh, I think, I think it was like a three year, three year experience. And I think this was like probably my third year of experience, but I think it's just interesting like that because, um, it's, an, it's nothing on them, it's no shots to them, but I kind of had the same experience when I went to hear all the black people because we went to this, uh, because basically I was going from like table to table to apply for a job and they were uh, they were basically saying like, we like your work, but we don't know where to put you. But maybe it was the same way with uh, with this application, like they didn't really know where to put me. But yeah. there were there was something else too, like <laughs> I didn't know. This is me being, because the point of this podcast is to be honest, so, uh, so this is me being honest. Uh, I... I didn't know that you're supposed to have a letter of recommendation, so I basically put in an old letter of recommendation for it. Maybe that oh, maybe that could have been a reason. Uh, so that's that's me loving myself. Uh, and then even with the extension, I was like, I'm just gonna put in. I don't feel like fixing that. So maybe that's it. But <laughs> so like, oh, a part of it's due to my laziness, or a part of part of it's uh, due to my arrogance. So it made me feel like uh, I almost had like before I was coming here, I had like a Thor parody. Like I, I felt like Thor when he lost his his uh, hammer. Exactly. Damn. I lost my hammer. Yo. I mean, that's, for for those who don't know, I've been telling Daryl to apply for Ad Color Futures yeah. for, for a couple And this of years man is now. like an Ad Color, he's like actually inducted into Ad Color Futures. What, what year was it? 2014, Shout out yeah. to you. This is, this is me clapping with one hand on the table. Damn, that's, that's all I know. Yeah. I, I, I get it from just a pure resume standpoint. I think that the namesake that you came from, from all those great companies that you came from, mm-hmm. would immediately kind of throw you into that that really cool feature bucket that mm-hmm. is definitely like those who are getting nominated and those who are applying. I feel like you, you definitely stand out. I think the fact is, is it's probably the letter of rec. It could have been the letter of rec. But yeah. it's, it's, I think it's a great learning experience. Like whatever, um, right. If we want it bad enough, cause mm-hmm. I don't I feel like I want it bad enough. I like, I feel like I was having it just to have it, but, yeah, yeah. but, uh, let's see with, uh, when I was applying to 72, U, it was kind of the same way. Like I was a little lazy when it came to the application. Like, I applied like the day of, and I still got in. So that was me being arrogant, thinking, "Oh, maybe I could do the same thing with Ad Color Futures." But yeah. it sometimes it works nah. for you. Yeah, it sometimes it's it's not in the peas. It's not in it's not in the cards. Right, right. right. I mean, this is like I mean, we only grow better from here. I think mm-hmm. that's the big thing. But from what I realize, like even at my agency right now, they it's award season for them too, right? So they're they're submitting awards mm-hmm. to like Con Lion or like the FE Awards or the Shorty Awards, right? Mm-hmm. And You'd be surprised at how many times you can reformat reformat um, an application really? of the same content mm-hmm. to send to apply in multiple different categories. Mm-hmm. But because there's someone at our office who does that really well, like we're just winning left and right. I think by simply sometimes it's just like direction following, you mm-hmm. know. And that's like the kind of 
when it comes to like this award circuit or these like programs that are supposed to highlight talent like it really is like look at your details devils in the details and very mind true, your yeah. and cues and it's like that's I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. Damn, I wish you got in, bro. I wish. Nah, I wish it's I all playing. good. Like, I feel like I feel like it's gonna push me to to do something more. Like, uh, with experiences like that, uh, it's either to it's either to like inspire or it's to to humble you. So I feel like yeah. it's supposed to humble me. Gotcha. Or it's maybe, or it was really. I feel like it definitely had a lot to do with my application because I didn't really talk about uh, my agency experience. I was talking about more of like things I was a little more passionate about that I was doing on the side. So yeah. maybe that could be it. But um, it's not. It's no big deal. Like I. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I, feel I mean, like, you're a weird ass creative either way. I am, so yeah. I feel like you don't really fit, in, fit into like a straight, cut and dry agency culture. Exactly. Either. Yeah. Yeah. But I am kind of hyped for uh for like the Ad Color Awards since they're in LA this year. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, no, for sure. We'll just be, gotta we'll figure out a way to, to get there. To, yeah, we gotta get somebody to pay for us. Yeah, we, we gotta get. That. We don't got that. Yeah, ad color money exactly. Right now. Might have to pull that whole uh diversity <laughs> nut to be like, uh, exactly. Hit the hit the diversity section of the of the agencies and be like, I kind of want to do this. I'm kind yeah. Need to be around some faces of color, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we had just basically pushed on that, and hopefully, it um things get better. Uh, what else, what else can we talk about? Or uh, what's been an experience you feel like that's humbled you recently? Um, you know what? It's just kind of been like, it's a work thing as well, but it's uh, it's kind of been like, yo, people are like, yo, Josh, you got to catch up to the the workload a little bit, and I'm just like, damn, like. I feel like I'm there already, mm-hmm. but um, people are like, oh, Josh doesn't quite get it. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm the more talented writer than all y'all right that's now. That's how, honestly, that's how, like, no shots of the people that get accepted into the ad call features. I'm like, oh, come on, Damn, you nigga, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. No, no, no. But, uh, but I think you almost have to just prove it to yourself where eventually, like, like uh, true colors show themselves, like... I felt that way with Donald Glover. Like he, he always felt. I always felt like he was better than other people. Now people are just finally realizing how great he is, and with other people like that, like Issa Rae, and it, it just. Uh, yeah. if, if you stay consistent with it, eventually people will notice, and I think that's the point of consistency. I got you. I yeah. mean, I, I always go back to that thing with um. I think that Ira Glass speech that everyone's been made into made into like in like inspirational speeches across the years, but it's really like. Wait, say that again. It's Where? an it's an Ira Gla- Ira Glass is like this NPR um, commentator, right? And mm-hmm. he said his speech on creativity is like, "Hey, um, first year or like young creatives, like don't dismay. Like the work you make for the first four years or five years of your professional life is gonna suck. Mm-hmm. The only thing that matters is that you're you, and you know it's like the four, the work you make in the first four years of your of your professional career is gonna suck, mm-hmm. but you realize it sucks because you have a killer eye for." style That's design true. writing mm-hmm. and so he's like keep at it he's like you have to break this wall where your the skill level of what you do matches the the level of your eye you yeah know, the level that whether it's like your acute eye for detail or design or whatever it is like you're in this industry and we're in this industry for a reason mm-hmm. i think i i'm a whole I, I believe that wholeheartedly so it really is like for me i think i see it like i sometimes i see now that I keep getting this feedback of like, hey, you have to catch up a little bit. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I still believe I have a really unique voice and a killer eye to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe it does take more fleshing out of the the trades, the tradesmanship of it all. Yeah, right? It's all about just really developing crafted. that eye with yeah, uh, yeah. with the right people around you, with the right team. So I think people just, I think what's great is that I think the point when you first start is people see your potential and then uh, your port, your potential space is supposed to just develop over time from right. from uh, other people's help with uh, with inspiration you you develop and inspiration you notice. So I guess uh, I guess the whole point is people are starting to see like your beginnings and just 
uh, molding it from that. So, which is which is interesting for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, that's kind of was humbling at, at first. Yeah, like yeah, shout out to Kendrick Lamar with the being humble. Uh, speaking of that, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really. I don't think I've really talked about it on on the podcast yet. But uh, when it comes to let's talk about no, but first before that, let's talk about some. What are some personal projects you're really excited about recently? And then I'll talk about me. What projects? I'm yeah, like, like like personal projects. Personal projects. Um. Oh wait, do you talk talk about the hype stuff? You, like I don't think we mentioned because you weren't here. Uh, it was been a minute since uh, we talked on the podcast, and yeah, so yeah, yeah talk yeah. about the hype stuff. Um. Cool. So I got my first article published by Hypebeast. Mm-hmm. It's um, shout out to CC, my old roommate, who through a myriad of her crazy cool ass connections linked me to a Hypebeast editor who was like who curved me for a while but then i uh, i gave him a topic cool enough to write about and like he was he was down with it so um basically like i wrote about just big baller brand lavar ball lonzo ball the shoe deal kind of that through that um yeah through that kind of uh the lens of it but what i walked away from it when i thought i, th- I think i had kind of a, a tough with uh with my editor about was like after listening to the interviews with Le- with uh lavar ball mm-hmm. i'm like yo he's kind of a sympathetic character like he's an idiot he's an asshole he's keeping his sons relevant yeah. like absolutely but at the same time like you see that he's a dad who doesn't want to lose um touch with his son mm-hmm. like so many other um, athletes have with their fathers that right? is interesting like yeah. like you could put like a more like uh you could put like a more negative twist on it, like maybe with Tiger Woods and his dad or some, right, some right, other right. relationship like that. But he's actually trying to help out his sons. He's trying to do the best he can. Like it's almost like I kind of wish, like minus the whole abuse of stuff, people put Joe Jackson in that same light. Sure, yeah, and I think yeah. people, I, crazy sports parents are part of the the natural sports yeah, the conversation. Like um, Serena Williams and Venus's father was also kind of like a little too aggressive and kind of a nut. Mm-hmm. Earl Woods was similar to that, but I mean, Lavar cites them both as like. He's like, they all thought that Earl Woods was crazy when he trained Tiger to be like the best that he was. Mm-hmm. But what I saw from LeVar was before, I mean, now it's kind of devolved into hysteria already. But what I saw from LeVar, which is really interesting, was like, he's like, should I wait for everyone else to take a piece of my son? And then after that, they can return him back to me. Like yeah. UCLA, take a piece of his son. Nike, take a piece of his son. The, the NBA, take a piece of his yeah. son. Sprite money, take a piece of his son. And then finally, after all the years and he's done with his career, this kid mm-hmm. that I raised for 20 years... He can return home and he can return to mm-hmm. his dad and like I can benefit off of it. Yeah. Right? So it's it's this weird thing. I think I mean, from what I understood from the article that uh, from my research was like all the kids love the dad. Like they mm-hmm. realize like he's full of himself, but he's t- taking care of him. But yeah, long story short, I think that's that's it. I wrote an article for Hypebeast. I'm hopefully going to continue that relationship mm-hmm. and keep writing for them. But excited, man! It's kind of like this sports streetwear lane that i'm trying to occupy yeah most definitely yeah. did you get uh, any guidance from from like your agency like any any writers from the agency that were helping you along the way with that or no 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 this is kind of kind of my thing and especially with my my role to agency like i think it kind of expands and helps that role because i'm like hey not only am i doing this advertising thing but i, I write on the side mm-hmm. and I, I kind of bring in hopefully what grows into an expert opinion yeah i think that's interesting just like hustle and hustle and hustle like uh like how would you want that to continue like would you want to have like your own publication or would you want to like contribute to to your own or something like i can definitely see that for you like you having like your own magazine or like you can definitely just like fl- fleshing out the the entire direction of it all yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in your in your light no for sure man i love magazines i love print and all that um i think for now i'm actually really happy just continue to submit my my uh, my words through like the channels of hypebeast or maybe like a high snob 
Mm-hmm. Even like, um, I think there's another publication, a small one called Macon, that I really like. But um, yeah, at the same time, like it's just, I don't know. I feel like I want to do something with my like with with a brand identity. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm into this whole like soccer lifestyle joint. Yeah. And Kith just put out a, the soccer lookbook. That oh yeah, making. shout out to Emily Oberg. She's like she's like one of the yeah, female leads for yeah. Woman's, uh, yeah, woman's lead for yeah. Kith, that's amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, she's got to be like what twenty something like yeah. 20. She's younger than us. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, it's, I feel like there's something in the air about the soccer lifestyle sportswear angle, and mm-hmm. I kind of want to get it in the, on the not only the editorial end, but like the mm-hmm. actual brand identity end too. Quick question, uh, like the leads that do you ever see like America maybe adopting this uh, like uh, football and soccer lifestyle completely? Like, like I think the reason that basketball is so adopted is because it it ties like so like so greatly with hip hop and everything. So do you ever yeah. see like that hip hop connection with, with soccer or football? Yeah. Uh, like at some point or, or, sure. or even do you even see like an artist specifically leading the way with that? Got it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a pretty rabid Manchester United fan. So mm-hmm. glory, glory, man United. Let's go. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> there, so last year they, I think grime rappers are always really big into most definitely. Yeah, yeah I was about to say that. Yeah, they they market really heavily into British casual culture, which is like the whole tracksuit and trainer is what they call sneakers over there. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but more recently, Adidas. So Adidas, when Paul Pogba um, had a record like hundred million dollar transfer to go to Manchester, did something with Stormzy, and so they did like a big like mm-hmm. big uh, co co branding thing with Stormzy, Man United, and Pogba coming back mm-hmm. coming back home. This year, when they released the new jersey that came out, the new kit for 17-18, it was Pogba and Designer with Adidas. Mm-hmm. And so there, I think this is an aspect. There is something where it's kind of shifting a little bit, and rappers and football stars, soccer stars, like they, it, it's a it's a natural fit already. Yeah. And now looking at rap's kind of globalization, the mainstreamization, like mm-hmm. you see the bones of it. Nothing else is more mainstream in our world than soccer. Is. Yeah, I can like, see Drake yeah. like pushing like pushing that boundary, like especially with his relationships that he started recently with the UK. So exactly, so yeah, he's yeah. like the to- he's like the perfect catalyst for that Drake, kind of thing. Drake wore that that famous pink Juventus jersey, yeah, right? Yeah, that, most definitely. The one with uh, I think that kind of started helped start like that whole like. Dominican poppy aesthetic that he's yeah, going for. People thought he looked like a, I don't know, like a GTA character yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty well, but yeah. this, I think, yeah, the que- the answer to the question is yes. It, I think it's happening. The degree to which it happens is going to be interesting to see. But soccer and football, soccer football is um, the influence is expanding in America. Even mm-hmm. so, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, that is that's really interesting. I well, I guess I, I, that leads to like what I was talking about about with my side projects. I think. Uh, like uh, beyond this podcast, what I want to do is I definitely want to continue more with uh, with like the animation stuff recently, like uh, like your Kendrick I, stuff. Yeah, like the Kendrick stuff. Like I really want to go further into that with the the Kanye when he actually goes on tour because like I have like all the the mouth set for the uh, for the animation. So just uh, so th- like uh, it'd be it'd be uh, it'd be great for you to great to work with you again on that yeah, uh, on something like that. I just need to yeah, put me on the spot. Yes, no, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to. Like you could have said no. No, nah, be like no, nah, I'm too busy. Yeah, I'm too, I'm too busy writing writing these hype restarts trying to get this <laughs> money. Yeah, uh, but that'll be fun. Uh, and basically connecting that with like other artists and everything. Like I'm working on one with uh with Logic that I I, I kind of want to finish soon. Uh, and then maybe the next one might be like Bryson Tiller, Childish Gambino, or something. What do you think between us two? is the right fit for an artist. Like, I, me and you both love Kendrick. Me and you both love Kanye to a very extent. Mm-hmm. You definitely love Gambino more than I do, but I do respect him But you love you love Kanye more than me. I yeah, can, yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. So what what's a natural fit? I think Kendrick is a natural fit for me to, to, to write for and stuff, but in terms of the hip-hop space and the rap space, like, you, uh, just, you just pace me out completely. Out, like, oh, when it comes to, like, like if we continue, like, with the, the yeah, keeping with up with Kanye stuff? Yeah, with the animation thing, right, right. I, I don't know. It would probably have to be, like, specific people. Like, 
I don't know. I could see you doing something funny with like a Drake parody. That's true. Yeah. I feel like Drake is so, Drake is so out there now that yeah. I even like I know like, yeah. his freaking manners. Yeah. And all that. Uh, I don't know. A lot of them wouldn't even have to make sense. Like, I I could see it's just like doing something dumb and doing a Yachty a Yachty one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, love like uh, that would be really interesting. Speaking of Yachty, we can we can talk about that next. Uh, basically, what I want to talk about was that I feel like his albums came out. His album came out the other day, which was Friday. Uh, Teenage Emotions, and it's pretty solid. Like, it's a pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me give me the Daryl Sharp thirty second review. Uh, thirty second review, Emotion. like it. Uh, it's it's I could see people walking over. Like, it's it's definitely something people can't ignore but at the same time it has a few hits like uh but it none of it sounds like completely original i could say but a lot of it it's just something nice to listen to something lots of very innocent definitely does have that teenage vibe that that he's mentioning but at the same time what i love the most is that uh he's more of a character if anything like he i don't really take him seriously as like a lyricist or a musician or i even feel like uh him being a musician that's maybe like a third of his entire his entire being like kind of like how little dicky she uh Key, my bad. Uh, he. Um, no, don't shout <laughs> Lil Dicky. No, no, Lil Dicky's dope. Uh, Lil Dicky basically like uh, the point of him rapping was is basically just to spring him more into comedy. So I feel like the point of Yachty rapping is basically just to spring him more into uh, into further brands. Or even like he talked about how the rate the main reason he does is because it was basically to get his mom a house or to, to basically get uh, his parent his uh, his homies that were like living in the cars basically money. So uh, he saw it more as like. An opportunity and much less maybe a dream of his, which, oh, which, I, think, which I think is really interesting. That's crazy. Uh, he said that. Yeah, he, he said. He's like, that's my main goal. He was like to get my my mom in a house. Or or it wasn't the same. It wasn't. He didn't say that verbatim, but he was saying basically that he doesn't like how people are shitting on him, even though he's done so much to help the people that have been around him, like that were uh, that were basically that basically had nothing. Like his like he bought his mom the the purse she's always wanted, the house she's always wanted. Uh, he's got he's helping his homies out now, so I see, I so see, he's see. Uh, he's basically doing something so positive. Plus, he doesn't drink or smoke, so uh, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, good for him, dude. I think that's um, it comes. This may be like a larger point, but it really is like for you to earn the money that you feel like can really help out people's life, like life changing, yeah. and doing it like, legally too. Like he's not right, right. like he's selling drugs or anything. But and, the point is, like, I think to get on that scale mm-hmm. of making that kind of money, you have to open yourself to criticism. Like, mm-hmm. A lot. Of, the only it's it's all people throwing money into the pot, right? That's why you're rich. Is like m- multiple people are seeing what you do, and they're like, I either fuck with it or I don't. But enough people fuck with it where you're you're rich enough, right? So for Yadi, I feel like for him to get that kind of life changing record deal money to help out his parents and help out his friends, like it comes with the business, man. Like it comes with the, the, the business. The business. <laughs> I don't know how to do that that ad lib. That was me doing it. It's pretty close. Yeah, uh, now, yeah, it's like, now so, I feel like starting a Chris Brown song. So you feel like okay, so the album was was fine. It was it was fine. Like, but what I love more was the rollout for it. Was that uh, he's definitely done so much to push it. Like, uh, like this man, he did he did like a teenage prom on Thursday at uh, some uh, what is that hotel? The Lowe's Theater, like the Lowe's Hotel, L O E W S. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did it at that hotel on Thursday night because it ties into uh, that song he did called I think Bring It Back to My Life. Uh, bring it back uh, where basically the music video is like sets like an 80s prom yeah. so he did the same thing for the rollout where he basically had an 80s prom in a hotel and then eventually he uh, he performed at it which is really cool uh, and then like he's been doing so much so many meet and greets like he had one meet and greet uh, like two and all like he had one Wednesday one Friday so basically like he's really all about his fans he's all about this entire that he's subtitling him as the king of teens which is really cool like just because uh, 
it's nice to be like a great local person but if you're very personable i think that's just as great like like if you're lyrical but you're an asshole that's that's kind of bad yeah yeah i got yeah. you i mean you go to a lot of these meet and greets who do, who have you seen so far that like top three most authentic cool chill people I, you walked away from the meeting you'd be like with a better impression than you came in with the i i, don't, I can't really say that for a lot of people like a lot of times i I could say that about interviews though. Like people I've I've watched in interviews where I didn't like them, but they had there was they seemed a lot more cooler from the interview. Like uh-huh. I could say that about about Kevin Gates, even though Kevin Gates is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his mentality, like what he's thought about, it's it's really been interesting. Just talking about where he's come from and basically like his uh, his religion and like how how religious he is right now. Like free Kevin Gates, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> he's back in prison. Yeah, he is. He's back in. Yeah, he's back yeah. in prison. I think. Uh, uh, Cut up like his too. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he did. I, 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 I forgot what he did. Uh, but yeah, he's back. Uh, he's back in jail. Uh, so it's Kodak Black and then uh, free, free Bobby Shmurda. As many times, I don't know how many times I can say that. <laughs> Bobby in prison for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. free Bobby. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of, like I could no one person I can say that about was Bun B because I never liked Bun B. Like I never liked his music, but. Uh, like hearing his interviews and talking about the stuff he does, like he did uh, the Gumball Three Thousand, like, uh, uh-huh. and do you know what that is? It's basically like the yeah, racing, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the racing thing. Uh, Bun- yeah, Bundy's supposed to be a really big, like he's into it. Like, yeah, he, does like, he sponsor a car or something? like I that? I think so. Like he's he's heavily involved with it, but like him talking about that and basically talking about uh, like what, what goes on in his life has been really cool. Just hearing, uh, and that made me like him a little more and go back to his music. So that was that was really great. That's so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I need to give the the Yachty album maybe maybe a few more listens. I'll probably make, maybe even like a listen and a half. Gotcha. But a few songs I like. Uh, like I I think I I talked about one recently. It was what was it? It was it was one song that was it sounded. Uh, oh, it was called Better, and the reason I liked it because it sounds like uh like Don't Matter by Akon. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, it's got like this whole like uh like breezy like uh. Like uh, Jamaican uh, kind of vibe. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like like very dance holly. Like I, I do appreciate artists like that that explore like even if it's bad like the fact that you're exploring and uh, willing to take risks that's that's always that's always a pleasure because even with as creators too like we always want to take risks and we don't want to be saying oh you're that guy that does that all the time like yeah. you want to you want to take risks as a person you don't want to sure. you don't be uh, set in a box. Speak about new music. What about what you think about um Bryson's new song? Oh, that has been on repeat, my friend. On repeat, like no, <laughs> I'm mad at one of my friends because uh, he's like as soon as he listened to it, he was like, I'm throwing this away because every Bryson Tiller song sounds alike. Oh, honestly, I, I can't lie, but it's it's good. It's good music that sounds alike. Yeah, no, I'm fine with yeah. that too. Sometimes if you are so entrenched in your lane like that, mm-hmm. just stay. You're there. Yeah. That's that's your wheelhouse, yeah. right? You know, you're in the pocket. Um, this is, I think. This brings back the video vixen comes back in, yeah. in a powerful way. Exactly. I'm, like, I'm staring staring at this video on mute right now, and I've been, I'm, I'm wait what video? Uh, something tells me wait, with Bryson. T- oh wait, he dropped he dropped a new video. Oh shit! Oh, I did not notice. Here, here's a little sample. All right, hit me with it. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Oh, I think I've seen that. Uh... I seen the screenshot of that where he was like in a red uh, in a dark room. Yeah, he's like in a yeah, so dark. much so much beautiful melanin. Yeah, like yeah, we love it. We yeah. love the melanin on this. Yeah, planet. shout out to all the ladies with in that melanin. That's right. Yeah, I think I have seen the screenshot of that where he was basically um, he was he was with all those girls in the video. And he was saying like thank you for being a part of this. 
So wait, but yeah, that's a beautiful video. I need to I need to watch that later. Yeah, you watch it in private. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> all right, but yeah, all right, what do you? But um, I guess I guess it's it's like a. What do you feel about how I'm actually dropping the album one month early? Like it's like fuck it. It was supposed to come out the twenty third, but I'm gonna drop it right now. I don't know how to feel about it. Just it's fine. It's it's yeah. great. Yeah, I think it it adds a. a a, wrink- a wrinkle, I mean, not completely surprising wrinkle to this whole streaming culture, because, mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know it was going to drop that late. I just, I expect something new in my iTunes to, to pop up, the Apple Music to pop mm-hmm. up now, so. It's cool, man. It's cool. I, I think release dates really don't matter anymore. Like, it's just, like, yeah. if you say you're going to drop it, like, Thursday, you'll have an audience. Yeah, like, the fact that he was just ready to go with it, like, like um... I didn't expect the rollout to be so fast because he tweeted and said, oh, uh, I can't wait anymore. I'm just going to put it out. And then next thing you know, it's already on. Album is already on Spotify. I thought it was, I didn't think it would just happen like that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. where, that's what really surprised me. Do you feel like Bryson, um, so I, I went to like the BET experience thing last year with mm-hmm. Bryson Tiller opening for Usher, which opens up a, a nice conversation. Are, wait, are you going to one this year? Um, Which one? Who's, who's playing this year? I, I don't know, but Charlamagne the God's doing like all these different talks at uh, oh, the cool. LA Convention Center and uh, I gotta send you the link. You can get like a free wristband for it. Oh, sick. Uh, yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to you after the show. Yeah, um, but Bryson. Um, I'm like, who? Who do you think? What? Who's Bryson the heir apparent to? Like the a uh, 2000s R&B head. Who? Who does Bryson remind you of? Like I, like production wise, like it sounds like his production is very Drakeish. Like okay, I'm, like uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I feel like. There's so many artists that have gotten better with by not signing to Drake, like The Weeknd, and and of course Rapunzel. Right but I feel like Makona kind of got fucked. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, you can't have them all. But I feel like a lot of people have grown from ignoring Drake's opportunities, which which I think is really great. But if I could compare it to anybody, uh, of course Tory Lanes, but maybe I, older than like older than Drake and stuff like. Who, which older head do you feel like Bryson? Oh, like uh, someone in the past? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like just looking at the Usher thing, like people are like, oh, this is like the I, I could. I don't know, like on the he's spot, not an usher for I sure. I would say maybe like a Joe or a genuine or okay. something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could see him being like a Joe, like uh, like I like that. I want to know kind of Joe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I could see him being like that, or uh, or John B. John B. For sure. I got you. Yeah, just you. like the, like I those those smooth vibes, basically. Like basically the people that that uh, that Drake samples, Bryce kind of embodies that nowadays. But it's great. Uh, like the album's really good, and we were saying because of it, like uh, it's fuckboy season again. Like it's, t- it's time to be a fuckboy again. The dad but, had a dad had in a cargo shorts. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but he does kind of bring that vibe. Like uh, people have this notion that basically, Bryce tells music basically attracts fuckboys and thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see no lies with that. Hey, fuckboys and thoughts. Yeah, too, man. Because like you could just hear them like basically just like smoking and just like listening to Bryson Tiller and you're like, there's other things to listen to besides Bryson Tiller. <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm embracing my inner fuckboy exactly. sometimes, and I'm just like, yo, I'm driving. I like listening to something easy. I don't need no yeah. instrumental shit. Like this is easy on my ears. Yeah. I like bobbing. Like a clear example of that is like the second album. It's just like uh, I think it's uh, not just friends anymore. Uh, where it's basically there's an interlude where it's basically talking about how like his girl was somebody else's girl at one point. He was friends with that girl, and then. She, uh, she's talking about all this stuff like, oh, Bryce is just my brother. Bryce is just my brother. He's like, all right, is he blood? Is he blood? That means you can fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and like all this stuff, like it was, it kind of like it kind of hit home because like I've I've been that way with girls where I uh, where I know a lot of guys where they won't have they won't let their uh, their girlfriends have guy friends because of that notion that they feel like oh your girlfriends are just trying to fuck you so. 
Yeah. So I don't know, like a lot of that was very, was just very relatable. Um, just stuff like that. It, it's like the whole thing where I trust my partner, but I don't trust the people that are friends with her, kind of thing. To a gr- degree, yeah. Even or or maybe like a slight percentage of you doesn't trust your girl either. Oh, because you uh, you're like me and oh. my girl met in church. So we, we're good. We <laughs> exactly. Solid. We solid. Y'all bless. That's y'all been right. blessed since, like since the day. Rock. Y'all been blessed since the day y'all met. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just this notion that I don't know. People I uh, always see things being scandalous, which is which is kind of it's kind of unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Show. Yeah, uh, but Bryson's album's been really good. Like, especially the samples. Like, uh, have you heard it yet, or or no? Um, no, I actually. That's the I heard the single. And that's, oh, yeah, what's yeah. good is that what's interesting is that he actually sampled uh, like a soundbite from Kendrick's Kendrick's uh, Damn album for one of the songs. Like, I think he samples like that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing like a terrible impression, but like that that uh, like that lo-fi kind of sound, and right before, uh, at the beginning of feel. Uh-huh. Uh, like he samples that for one of the songs, which is really interesting, and then it goes, "It's a bad little thing." Oh, true religion jeans, bad bad little thing, true religion jeans. But no one wears true religion jeans anymore. Nah, no one does. <laughs> you know about it more than me because I think that was like a stereotype too that like fuck boys wear true. <laughs> they wear sagged true religion jeans. <laughs> Damn, I wanted I wanted true religion so bad. I, I could never afford. It. I never tried. Like yeah, I, I, but no one can afford that. Exactly. Shit. Never. Maybe in high school I probably would have wanted them if they were popping in high school, but they were popping in college. So I don't. So at that point I was cool with just being poor because everyone was poor. We so poor. Yeah, we so. Help me, I'm poor. (laughs) But uh, let's see. Let's let's go on to some other stuff. But yeah, Bryson Tiller is cool. No, did I tell you about how before that? uh, Did I tell you how the first time I saw Bryson Tiller live there were three fights, three girl fights. Oh really? That's how. That's I think that tells you the audience. Like again, fuck boys and thoughts. Damn, where, what, what were they fighting about? Uh, I don't know. I think it was just because we were waiting so long for Bryson to come out that it, basically people were stepping on each other's toes because it was like a standing room only. Oh. So, so, people were, so there were just all these different fights and everything. And there were, I got you. There were three different fights during that show, which was really... Ladies calling. So if you go to a Bryson Tilly concert with yeah. your girls and you're just waiting to jam out, like what what do you go to the... Are you trying to be noticed by Bryson? Do you just want to dance with your girls? And what is the breaking point for you? How many toes do you have to get stepped on? How many toes do you have to get stepped on for you to, to start something with another girl? Exactly. Like, we want to hear that. Exactly. Call, call in. Yeah. No, no, wait. Uh, I forgot to mention the homework I got. Where like, Because uh, if you didn't know the deluxe version, it's new and improved in a way. Oh, which uh, one? Let's see. Because first, first of all, if you didn't know already, we have an Instagram account now. So, oh, uh, yeah. The, the plug? Yeah. We're, I'm about to do some plugs real quick because I forgot to do these at the beginning. And I'm not going to edit this shit. So, th- so at like... 30 something mark this is where i'm plugging shit in uh we have a instagram account now so follow the deluxe version at t-h-e-d-l-x version uh, on instagram we also have an email at the deluxe version podcast at gmail.com so Very nice. so send in your questions if you have questions <laughs> send in your questions comments and if you didn't already we are on itunes now we're on the itunes app now so oh, are uh, you serious yeah what? yeah we're, we're on the itunes app now so uh if you if you go, if you have the podcast app on your iPhone, yes, I'm, I'm shouting out Steve Jobs, the God. <laughs> uh, if you have that, uh, definitely go to that uh, the podcast app and search the deluxe version, and we're up there. We're we have all eleven episodes, twelve now. We're gonna have this twelfth one up uh, uh, coming up coming soon. But yeah, like I'm trying to set things up with this podcast to try to make it a little more a little more fish a fish. All done. Yeah. All done. Uh, but yeah. Uh, 
No, but with the whole Bryson Tiller thing, I feel like a lot of times people wear like their their best at Bryson Tiller shows. Like they wear stilettos, they wear uh, they wear their dresses and everything. Like basically, yeah. they wear to a to a Drake show, so they basically come to impress. So, uh, but if you're stand if you're in the standing room in stilettos or in heels and ever, you kind of didn't see yourself. Like, uh, like no one told you to dress like that, especially at a standing room where everybody's sweating and everyone's probably just got on like their dirty vans and. Uh, maybe they're fresh Nikes, and and of course they're they're Nike dad hats. Wait, do you feel like Bryson? Uh, it, it's clear that def, that definitely yeah, Bryson Tiller. Bryson Tiller's the dad of the dad. Yeah, hat, yeah, he's he father. <laughs> I love I love what you did that he fathered the dad hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave he, 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 he fathered the dad hat. That's exactly what he did. Like, but I, what I'm surprised is that dad hats are still going on. Like, what is what do you like as a? I don't want to call you a fashionista. Uh, what, 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 that's nice. Okay. Uh, but what do you what do you see being the next wave, or or do you see a next wave coming with anything? The next wave. Ooh. You know what? Damn, I'm maybe I'm just too close to this. Like I really think the soccer thing is coming. Like no, I, I think it's coming. no. You, you called it first. Like you, I think it's yeah. coming in waves. Like dude, it's 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 here. Like summertime with the jersey jersey mm-hmm. game. Like everyone's got their throwbacks on. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like soccer jerseys are a little more natural to wear than like a penny. That's like a that's like a Nick jersey, right? Mm-hmm. So that's in right now. I feel like um, the dad had. I think it's definitely around for another like another year. Mm-hmm. Know, this season mm-hmm. um it's still hot right now for for multiple reasons and i don't know i kind of want to see the fitted come back in a, in a big way like yeah they i think the yeah. snapback er, kind of eroded a little bit mm-hmm. after like holding like in college like everyone just was snapback crazy right? yeah they were all wearing them backwards and yeah, everything yeah. yeah but um jerry lorenzo from fear of god put out his own fitted hats for uh detroit mm-hmm. so i i think those are seeing them he's usually a tastemaker that makes that happen so yeah soccer jerseys Fitted hats, and I think shorts, basketball shorts. Too. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's coming. They can definitely like they've never truly left, but you know what left definitely jean shorts. Jean shorts left. Yeah, yeah, I'm not into the jean shorts. Yeah, thing, like man. I, I think I heard that on Joe. Don't look at my freaking feet and look at me in jean <laughs> yeah. shorts because it's happened. Wait, what about Birkenstocks or Birkenstocks? Socks I, I like Birks. Yeah. I like Birks, but I think I'm kind of in a minority now. Oh. The people um, are kind of still mixed. Yeah. I feel like more people like. Looked at it as fat. I just it's it's a comfortable shoe that's not a slide. Mm-hmm. So it's I like it. Slides are endless for real. Slides, yeah, slides are, are yeah. slides are yeah. Because you just go back in them. Thank you, Adidas. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, Adidas ones are way better than uh, the Nike ones. I feel. I'll wear. Yeah. Uh, let's let's see. Let's talk about how. Oh wait, do you feel like it's possible to create like back to what I was talking about about the whole like the Kendrick thing I was working on. The one thing I definitely have a problem with it personally is that. It's really hard to like continue it to make it unique, but at the same time make it topical. So, do you feel like it's hard? Like, what's your thoughts on making things that are unique but at the same time topical? Do you feel like it's challenging, or you have to like really plan ahead, or or do you feel like there's a way to make things that are simple to execute, but at the same time topical, but at the same time they create a great experience? I got you. I mean, even when we do finish line stuff, we look up to Bleacher Report a lot because they just have memes on deck. Mm-hmm. Like the the power of internet meme memedom and like internet tweets is mm-hmm. because it's it's powerful and topical at the yeah. same time and it's timely, right? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely possible. I think you have to plan it out. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who aren't just like firing it off, like who are basically like personalities on the internet who like do this, I think there's templates you set up. Whether it's like um, a stock photo image or still and like a logo lockup or something like that that really kind of punches like your message and branding behind it. 
and are behind on like a timely subject. Yeah. But I think it's definitely possible. Like, yeah. Yeah. Every like the Daily Show does it like every news show like there's writers every day working for it. SNL does it like with a weekly mm-hmm. news cycle. John Oliver does it with a with a weekly news show. But all the late night guys, whether it's um from freaking from from uh, Jimmy Fallon to Jesus vs. Merrill, like it, mm-hmm. they all do it on the spot and they make it topical. It just takes a team. It just takes uh, it just takes time to, to just plan ahead. Yeah, I think that's what I learned the most from working at Funnier Dodge is uh, the power of making things topical because they yeah. were always on it with with making things topical. I think one thing I remember the most was um, was when Melania Trump she uh, she. Uh, she bit Michelle Obama's speech, so that so we were, yeah, so it was yeah. like being really quick about finding a response to that and doing. I think we're trying to do it like before, like the Daily Show, or the Late Show did it. So uh, figuring things out like that, so just making things topical, just making things, make sure things happen now. For sure, if it doesn't, if it's not timely, it's not, it's not even worth. Exactly, it. Yeah. yeah. People, people like our. It sucks how like our attention span basically doesn't really span out like that anymore. Because I think. Someone was talking about uh, the ether, the ether beef between Jay Z and Nas, uh-huh. about how I think the response between Jay Z and Nas was like like four months apart. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what I heard. So from Takeover to Ether, it was yeah, four months. Yeah, it's like four months apart, and we don't even acknowledge that we're because because uh, in this time and age, you you basically have to respond maybe the next day or the yeah. day after. Drake had what's what's that Meek song? Oh, uh, yeah. back to back. Yeah, he yeah. had back to back within three days. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I waited three days, nigga, where y'all at, basically. Yeah, yeah, so it's just, you need, three days is pretty much the end of the yeah. cycle. Three days. Three days. Three days. I can't get three days. things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just trying to figure that out. I think, me, as a person, I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, do you even feel like that with writing? Like, uh, like with finding, uh, finding things to discuss, like, uh, with Hype Beast or, um, uh, yeah, for sure. There's certain there's certain topics that I'm trying to like bring back, whether it's like the future of baseball mm-hmm. and the future of like a baseball marketing and all that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just not timely. So mm-hmm. is there a way that we can pack it into like All Star Weekend in July that makes more sense mm-hmm. than we release it? Right where now? is All Star Weekend this, this um, year? It's usually around July Fourth. Oh no, where yeah, is yeah. it? Oh, where is it? Oh, I'm not sure actually. Oh. Um, it's usually somewhere hot as hell. Okay. <laughs> I feel you on that. I didn't even know, like, I, I found this out from my job recently and from, from an article. I didn't know that they were, they were trying to host a Super Bowl in LA, like, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to win it for sure. Yeah. It's part of that whole, why the Rams came. Was yeah. They, they're like, we're going to build a state-of-the-art facility so we can yeah. host a uh, Super Bowl in two years. Yeah, I think they pushed it back recently, though, because of, like, water damage when they were, when they were building it. Like, ironically, because of water damage from rain. So that's why they're pushing. They're they're apparently pushing it back like a year now because of that. Life is funny. Yeah, life is life is so funny like that. Uh, let's see what else can we talk about. Uh oh, I uh, apparently today is Andre three thousand's birthday. So happy birthday, yeah. Andre the God, yeah. dude. Yeah, happy birthday, three sacks. Yeah, three sacks. Yeah. Uh, keep, so, <laughs> keep your heart. Keep your heart. Three sacks to keep your age. Seriously, how yeah. old is he now? I think he's. I think I heard he's like forty two. That's a good number, dude. Yeah, that is a good number. I, I found this out from uh from like um uh, from part of my job, a cycle video. So shout out the cycle. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Wait, what are you doing with cycle? I wish I was doing someone cycle, oh, okay. but uh, in due time, and it w- it would be nice to do more cycle cycle. But I think it's mostly their New York office that does their gotcha. stuff. But uh, going into that, what is your what's probably what's your favorite Andre three thousand moment or or verse or even your uh or something like that? Like your favorite Andre three thousand moment. Damn, when I, the first time I heard, um, because growing up in Jersey, like, and growing up in the suburbs, like, you hear Eminem a lot. Mm-hmm. Angsty white kids listen to Eminem a lot. <laughs> it's fine. 
Which is fine. I mean, and I grew up in Queens uh, before that, so I love yeah. Nas and I love Jay. I respect it a lot yeah. too. Um, but the first time I heard um, "Bombs Over Baghdad" with Andre with that ridiculous yeah. flow coming out, I don't exactly might, just coming out the gate with that. I've never heard someone so talented spit on a mic. In the video too, like basically how he's just like running and just like at that pace, which is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just amazing. Yeah, he's just running, uh, and these kids are following, just like basically running at the same pace and everything. It's it's just. I love it's it. nuts, man. I, I think that I mean that was my first introduction to what Atlanta was. Even mm-hmm. then, like, just growing up, the, my entire life was just like that East Coast, mm-hmm. either burbs of Queens or burbs of Jersey and a little bit of, the, of New York City. Mm-hmm. And hearing that, I was like, that's not from here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's dope. Yeah. What is what is this magic? Yeah, that's that's kind of my, my favorite Andre member. How about you? Uh, I could say this definitely when I got into listening to the Love Below album. Cool. Like basically how he's talking about uh, the love moments and all that, and I recently had a hot take that I have about the album or uh, or his or the Hey I video. Uh, there's a part where he has like three Hey I dancers and they're like doing like the spirit fingers, and I, I like to think they're imitating uh, what Andre's doing on the cover of the Stank Onya album. Ah. Yeah, like like the whole like yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. whole twist and everything. But even the Stank Onya album, I remember like I was really intrigued with that, and I, I think that was if I could say that's like the first. Uh, like album art that really inspired me or really got me into like whoa what is this when i first when I was a kid it was definitely the stangonia album yeah and the inside how like there were all these psychedelic colors and everything for sure and all that that, uh, that that really inspired me and the black flag and everything you just wonder who are these people exactly yeah exactly yeah i think they creatively even from like a branding standpoint they were looking at it mm-hmm. from a way different yeah. angle from anyone else mm-hmm. you know? and they progressed so much like they came from just like these kids who were just wearing like Maybe like Atlanta Braves jerseys, and now they were wearing like all this crazy pimp yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. by the end of their era. And it's, um, I think Andre was into that first. Like, I think Andre really helped kick off this version of the Black Dandy movement. That whole thing. Wait, where wait, Black Dandy. Yeah, you know, like he would wear like all like the really the colorful suits, um, with kind of weird silhouettes. Oh, but, true. Um, Andre was just like he was just the illest fashion head from mm-hmm. from like a a different era that was not in New York. So I think we didn't expect him to be in Tim's or in. Uh, in loud jerseys, I think we saw Big Boy is more yeah. like, oh, we understand Big Boy style. Mm-hmm. Like, he's wearing the Braves or the Hawks jersey. But Andre came in with like this green, purple, weird ass silhouettes, yeah. pastels and all that. And mm-hmm. we're like, holy shit, like this guy's somehow he's all pulling it together. He he had a big ass wide um, straw fedora. Yeah, know, like, that's yeah. true. He, uh, he had, um, he like had, what he was wearing in class of 3000. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. He, had, he had a luxury label for a hot second, but it just didn't do well because I think. Oh, that's right. I yeah, forgot yeah, yeah. about that. But I, for- I think Andre, with his style, his, his style kind of um, persona, definitely kind of, it whet the appetite for what Kanye would do later with mm-hmm. like what rap could do with like luxury, mm-hmm. luxury items. I mean, it's a different, like I think Andre's had more all cut and sew, like more formal pieces while Kanye's luxury items are like all military garb inspired with oversized silhouettes. But I think Andre really, really expanded our minds to what a rapper could produce and mm-hmm. what we should be able to buy from a rapper. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that I don't like how our generation will embrace Andre 3000 for the rest he took, but we won't embrace people like Young Thug or Lil Easy Vert for, for basically they're taking the same risk, if not more. Yeah. Or and they can, they're even like heavily inspired by Andre, but people are like, oh, that's gay. But, gotcha. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but basically, we're, people could have been saying the same things about Andre way back then, but we embrace it now. Like, oh, he's a goat and everything, but we just... Uh, we just shoot down uh, the kids that are basically trying to live their life doing the same thing. I got you. I think I think it might be a twofold. I, th- I think personally, it's probably gonna be a time thing where we look back at it more fondly than we we actually live through it. Mm-hmm. Like Young Thug would probably remember that's like 
a monumental icon. Yeah, I love Young Thug right now, for, yeah. for sure. Like, I'm really excited for his new album. Like, uh, there's even a, a, a sound by the job recently. Like, he's like he's basically singing country. Is he, that right? Yeah, he's singing country. And, and I'm, I'm excited about him. Apparently, Drake's executive producing the album. So, gotcha. so it, it, should be, it should be something to talk about. Because it's called, I think the album's called Easy Breezy Beautiful Thugger Girl. Yes, I know. It's awesome. Advertising. You, got, you gotta Advertising. love it. You it's gotta love it. This whole thing is a tag. Yeah. <laughs> Easy breezy. At the same time, Andre is a really, really gifted lyricist. I think Andre is probably just more talented than, than the new guys that came out. Yeah. Like, they're, they're doing something new for sure, but Andre did it with such effortless class. Like, mm-hmm. even when you, he was completely breaking and shattering mm-hmm. norms of rap culture, you're like, holy crap. Like, I Especially was, at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I... I I didn't live through like exactly exactly when Sanconia came out and I was mm-hmm. like on top of it but I feel like there must have been like this guy's doing something different and his talent all like, yeah even know, when you know. he first started out like around the Equimini album where he was wearing like a turban yeah, you were like oh yeah. what is this kid doing and everything yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, I, he was one of the first to gender bend in like a lot of stuff like he wore like I would say that like, yeah. this, like disco outfits almost yeah for hip hop for sure but I guess yeah, like yeah. with Prince like not everything like that whole uh, androgynous movement yeah, yeah. For sure. like for Prince sure. is definitely the GOAT when it comes to that. like he, like his bravery is just non-stop it's just it's so yeah it's interesting it's time, so noteworthy yeah, time, time is going to be a good indicator to see where yeah ab- absolutely yeah uh, I guess another thing I like it's definitely it doesn't mean a, uh, another hot take for me but I, I hope nobody hates me for it but I feel like the reason Andre's held so high is because of his his ability to to limit what he pr- puts out like I know he creates so many great verses but I feel like it'd be if he basically oversaturated that I feel like we wouldn't like him as much yeah no I mean I think that's solid it's, yeah it's very few when you can be that relevant for that long yeah over, over that kind of stretch mm-hmm and produce that much without getting picked apart. Like, yeah, I, I wish more people could master that. Like, yeah, like I wish Big Boy kind of did the same thing. Like, he's on his sixth album, but I feel like uh, he could basically he could be in that same reign if he limited the amount he did, or gotcha. uh, or I think uh, I think what Andre's master is that he's he's had the ability to take part in what he's actually interested in. Like, he's not doing it for anyone else but himself. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like he wants to get on a verse, he'll, he'll get on a verse, or if it's very personable. Uh, it's worth and it's worth worth talking about. He'll do it like with sorry with the sorry verse that he did with Ti, where he's talking about how he's apologizing about fucking up the tour with him and Big Boy because of like his stage fright and everything, yeah, and all that stuff. But I think uh, like bringing that truth in at the right time, back where we're talking about about being topical. I think that's when the bit the best results come from. No, absolutely, yeah. dude. It's, I mean, I think if you put out that much volume of uh, work, like you become a a pop artist, right? Mm-hmm. What, I mean, look at what Drake has done. Like Drake has delivered on whether it's critically critically acclaimed or, or not, he's delivered on some a, a large piece of content. Like every what seven months, mm-hmm. something like that. Like he's a machine, the same way that like he's. I would consider almost like the Taylor Swift category. People mm-hmm. love her because like she has this routine and repetition of like, yeah, I do an album in like the wintertime, I go tour on summertime, album in the wintertime, and I just make this money over and over and over again. The same way I think what we're talking about before the Adi was like, if you're on that kind of level of pay grade and level, you are open to this. um, You're opening yourself up to this, this level of scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what people pick apart Drake for days and days because he puts out so much of what he does. Mm -hmm. Um, The same way I think why we, the the adverse is why we, we revere Andre so much is because like, we just love anything he throws at us. And it's because it's genuinely genius, but at the same time, we don't hear a lot of it. That's very true. Like, it's almost like, like the dad that comes around around Christmas time, like 
Oh, oh, Dad! Uh, it's it's March, but I'll see you around Christmas time, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll see you around oh, then. Shit, man, that got real, real deep, real dark. No, I love my dad. Yeah, I love my dad. I can see my dad whenever I want to. I'm like, dad, I, dad, I love you. <laughs> dad, I love you. I was my dad's birthday yesterday. So oh, happy, happy shout birthday, out to your dad. Uh, uh, did you do anything? Or, or um, they, they took me to dinner. Yeah, so nice. he's he's still in Jersey. Um, they went out to um, the Jersey, the swanky Jersey locale on Friday nights. The Cheesecake Factory, as we oh, came up with, as a least, Lee family. I hope they didn't. Hope they didn't fight there. Um, they probably did. Oh uh, so. no! Everyone fights the Cheesecake. They know it. They know he loves to go there. Dude, we love. Say Zach and Light Skin. <laughs> he can't. They can't take him nowhere. What's this note you have about Drake is a light skin skin? Oh, <laughs> that was a recent hot take that I had because I was listening to Akon. I was okay. And I was just, I was listening. Of course, the one of my favorite Akon songs probably don't matter, uh-huh. and it just made me think that I. Akon was very melodic at the time, and it made me think that Drake is basically a, a light skinned Akon, and basically he has those same melodies. And uh, oh, and shit. He's, no, but I had another I had another idea that I don't mind sharing on this podcast, but because uh, if someone wants to take it, they can. But I had this idea of doing like an animation called Drakenstein, like Frankenstein, but it's called it's called Drakenstein. Okay, where basically because oh, uh, yeah, this see, idea that that. Because everyone talks about how Drake is this idea, basically, of like a culmination of all these other artists. So, what if I'm not saying that Lil Wayne is Doctor Frankenstein, but I could probably think of another person. But uh, Drake is created in this laboratory and he becomes Drakenstein. Wow. Yeah. Lil Wayne created Drake. Is that what you're saying? I don't want to say in that. I know there's someone else that created him. Probably. If it yeah, just slap Nicki Minaj's ass on onto Drake's Ex- body. Oh, that like, that could be interesting. To, no, very disgusting. That makes me think of an episode of Community where uh, there's an, uh, there was a Halloween episode where Troy and Abed they they go see uh, Chevy Chase's character who's like a Doctor Frankenstein, and what happens is that uh, they trick him into they trick they trick uh, Chevy Chase's character into basically having surgery, and they replace his his butt with boobs no, they, put, they put his boot they put boot they put his butt on his chest so he's like you fools not have breasts and he's, <laughs> he's like but you can't use it because it replaces hands with his feet so he so he's basically touching the butt the butt on his chest with his feet and it's <laughs> it's this really weird episode that's really um really bizarre yeah and and, and crazy uh shoot i just had an oh so i don't know if you knew this this might be a little off topic for no for usually I, a yeah. music music pod but um do you know they're making like this Frankenstein superhero universe? Universal what? is making it. So you know the mummy, the mummy coming out with Tom Cruise. Yeah. That's part of like a larger monster universe. You know how Marvel has like their own cinematic universe, mm-hmm. and DC has their. Everyone, every production head is trying to make this cinematic universe where all the stories are tied in together because it's like a sequel machine. It's a money man, money mm-hmm. banger, and so Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise are gonna be the head of like this monster cinematic universe what so i think tom cruise is probably gonna be like van helsing or like a mummy hunter mm-hmm. and so the inside this this monster universe is frankenstein werewolf bride of frankenstein like black lagoon monster or something like, some shit like that i kind of want to see another like black lagoon monster what, what is that like green sea monster that was yeah it's a creature from the black lagoon yeah movie. like yeah yeah I would love to see a, a reboot of that. Like that's such an old movie that I feel like it could work as a reboot. I wouldn't gotcha. mind a reboot at this time. But uh, yeah, but Russell Crowe's playing Doctor Jekyll, so it's like this whole like. So he'd be playing Mr. Hyde as well. Yeah, right, right. Okay. So I, I don't know. I I don't know enough about these. Ca- I don't love these characters that much. But... Yeah, I mean it makes sense that we're bringing it. We're trying to bring that back because everything is a reboot at this point. Dude, it's, it's yeah. Everything's a reboot. Um. 
<laughs> that's funny how we went uh, off topic with that with the uh with the whole uh with the whole akon thing have you wait how, on a scale of one and ten how much do you like that red bone song by childish gambino i like it a lot like i didn't realize till today that it was on the radio because i haven't listened to the radio but uh the two times i took an uber today uh every time i got out it was you playing. took an uber twice today that's it. Cause what's up with your car? No, some, my, my car is perfectly fine. Thank you. Oh, no, because I, I didn't want to find park because uh, we we're gonna we we're gonna do. Uh, side Dude, note. Just ask me for a damn ride. We live like <laughs> three blocks from each other. You idiot. Side note: we we're gonna we we're gonna record this episode uh, at another location, and I didn't want to park downtown, so I was like, I'm just gonna take an Uber. It's like a five dollar Uber. And as I took an Uber there, every time I got out the car, uh, Redbone played, and I was like, Oh, I didn't know Redbone was playing. <laughs> I didn't know Redbone was playing in the car. Which is really cool. But have you seen these memes about how they're doing, like, Redbone playing in the bathroom during the party? Redbone playing during a party while you're in the bathroom? No. No? So these, there's all these different memes to shout out to Black Twitter, because Black Twitter keeps creating all this gold. Uh, there's there's this meme that started, uh, I think even the Fader did an article about it, how, well, they're, they'll, like, uh, they'll take down the tone of Redbone, and they'll make it sound like it's in the background of a, of a, part, of a house <laughs> party, and you're in the bathroom while it's playing. Like, you'd be like, they've done... Parody's like, oh, you're in the bathroom taking a shit while while Redbone is playing, or you're you're fucking a girl in the bathroom while Redbone is playing, or they've even done like oh one where you're doing a roasting session in the bathroom while Redbone is playing, or oh you're <laughs> masturbating in the bathroom while Redbone is playing, and they've done they've even done like some cool mixes, oh, like, I see, like I see. they did a Jersey mix of a Redbone, they did uh they did like a '70s version of Redbone, even though Redbone is basically already a '70s song, right? But I think it's really interesting that. Uh, people create these mo- cultural moments from that, but what's interesting is that they've done it six months after the song came out. So I kind of, I it's interesting how I how organic things develop like that. Like you would have thought this would have developed when the album came out or uh, when Redbone was popping on on the Get Out uh, movie. So I don't know if things just make a make a form of their form themselves. That's true. You know, maybe this goes as a counterpoint to what we're talking about about making timely content because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I think a lot. We we left the point on like, yo, like, what's the point of making content if it's not timely? But the internet proves again and again, like, even like that freaking, you know, when someone trips and they turn into a meme with like the universe, the what's that song? Da, 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 and like this kind of repeats their falling motion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, how wait. old is that song? Oh, the, like, uh, oh, back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, where they do that? Uh huh. That's my. Uh-huh, nah, nah, that's my. Is that the one you're talking about? You're talking about the Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani? No, no, no. Ah, shit. Because I've seen that where people were, where they, where people are falling on their face and they'll do like the uh huh, that's my shit. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, but even like that, like there's, it always comes back in a weird way. So yeah. that's that's, in the, we're indecisive. We're gonna conclude that. that no, that I, I love I love going off top, off tangent like that. Stuff like that is always funny. But I kind of want to get your your shooting opinion. stars meme. You know that one. Shooting stars meme. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, they recently did that for an NBA for an NBA uh song, or they did that for an NBA play. Oh, before that, what's your prediction on on the finals? Cavs or Cavs or Warriors? Oh, I fucking hate both these teams. <laughs> it's it's the same thing every next, next tape. Next It's tape. the end of the trilogy. It's the trilogy. Like winner take all. At this point, I just have come to freaking revere LeBron as who he is. What? I, yeah. I, like at any point, I'm cheering on him more than ever because 
Like, I, I did say this years ago. I was like, if he ever gets a title with the Cavs, I will no longer talk shit about him. Yeah, yeah. And I think at this point, yeah, I, I like respect him. I have a great yeah, job. I respect I was, him. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing one of the greatest players in, in the history of this game to True. play the game. So mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it. And hopefully he like, vanquishes these Kevin Durant, Steph Curry Warriors because they look unbeatable right now. They they do. They look – they have – Steve Kerr is out, dude. He's like – he's injured. Like their coaches, they're just doing – this on autopilot right now. Damn. Yeah, like Steve Kerr has like this like really really tough medical condition where he just keeps on getting like uh, migraines and some. It's horrible. So it's like the old man in Mighty Ducks, and he's like, "That's my ducks." I think, yeah, I think so. I've watched that movie a lot of times. I just know that part where like they're where the Mighty Ducks are playing, but there's like an old man watching from like a cabin, and every time they score, he's like, "That's my ducks." Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, yeah. so he's probably in the hospital, but it's on watching. Yeah, them. exactly. But they're just like they're so good at what they do, and they're playing this really beautiful free flowing basketball with four of the best twelve to 15, twelve players in the NBA. So. Yeah, but the men's sport are pretty funny. Like I think they did one where I. Uh, where LeBron, where there's a street fight video that was probably on World Star, where they put LeBron's head on them and like the rest of the the rest of the Warriors on, so it was like a a, a, a one on four fight. Right, he was, yeah, he was yeah, kicking yeah. their ass. That was kind of funny. So we'll see, man. I want to yeah. see like LeBron just tear into them. Just I do want it to. Like I, I like I wouldn't mind LeBron going all the way and uh, and taking it back, doing a back to back. with the Cavs. Hell yeah. But yeah, that that should be an interesting series that starts next week. Which should be which should be good. Let's see what. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, wait, did you watch the Get Down? I didn't. I know you had a pretty, pretty uh, hot take about this. I, one. I I don't think I did a little bit. Like I, I'm just I understand why. If you didn't know, for for those who don't know, Redbone. Uh, wait, no, not Redbone. <laughs> the Get Down recently got canceled. Uh, and it's it's kind of unfortunate, but I understand why it got canceled because the budget was so damn high. Uh-huh. The budget is too damn high. Too damn high. That guy was amazing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want with the number two. He's they, the best. They should have done a parody that was like Baz for the Baz, the director of the Get Down, putting on. He's like, <laughs> the budget is too damn high. It's too damn high. Uh, but I understand why it got canceled. But I, but I was talking about it recently that I would love to see it as like a scripted podcast. The Get Down. Yeah, the Get Down is a scripted podcast. Like it tells so many stories, and there's so much that needs to be told that it could be done. It could work as like a scripted podcast, like a serial or. Uh, there's a there's another uh, scripted podcast called Bronzeville with Lorenz Tate and Lawrence Fishburne where it's like in like 40s Chicago in the, Chicago in the 1940s uh-huh. which is really cool um, but I could see that that working out but I understand why I got canceled but I would just like to see a little bit more but there was closure but it was it was a beautiful it was a beautifully made TV show it, it could work more as a movie honestly yeah because I could understand maybe like 10 episodes and it was like maybe like way too much that I, I remember for each episode so i got you i got you but it was a, it was a good run it was a good run but also that uh something you might want to talk about uh let's talk about the supreme and michael jackson collab yeah you know what i think if you're okay with it maybe we can just conclude it with this topic because i think it's a big one supreme michael oh, jackson oh yeah. all right let's conclude it with yeah, it yeah okay we'll i think um we're talking about like time you look being able to look back on something look, look at it more fondly than you would live through it right mm-hmm. Holy shit, Michael Jackson is making this resurgence of like in popular culture canon of like being idolized again mm-hmm. after all that that horrible shit. Like, did we do you know? Did we come to uh like a conclusion of like is that if that shit was real or not? If he was like a what a kid diddler or not? Like is was he I don't like to believe it. I don't I he was just he, yeah. just, he just had a, a bad childhood. But uh before we go into that, what's interesting is that a homegirl of mine, she's 
uh, she's blood from Muhammad Ali, or she's related in some kind of way to Muhammad Ali, uh, or that's fam, that's her fam in a way. Uh, and what's interesting is that when they did uh, Muhammad Ali Supreme Collab, she like her, uh, there wasn't that much going on with that. So, uh, so just seeing the benefits and just seeing what's going on, I'm kind of wondering who's benefiting on his end from this collab in a way. Yeah, because it should benefit Ali's estate. Yeah, right? exactly. But Ali was still actually Ali was alive when that collection came out and then he actually passed away pretty soon after it was mm-hmm. released yeah and so i think he came up with all the but i hope i hope someone I yeah. hope i'm sure their their family what about it. you were you were you interested in even though it's fucking impossible to get it would you have wanted anything from this oh from the michael jackson one yeah um i don't know i think i think mike in my in my head is is probably not as big of a of, a, of an icon and as others like i respect him for what he did and what he what he does but the michael jackson when i when i kind of really started paying attention was doing the whole like crazy like celebrity shit but like dangling his baby over the the, the window or like mm-hmm. doing this whole like Neverland Ranch shit and yeah. so I don't think I got the best Michael Jackson version like you know when Chappelle said like what kind of eight year old kid asked to go to Neverland Ranch like you you weren't even allowed to see Thriller mm-hmm. like that's kind of my age where I'm like oh I only saw like latter half Michael yeah like not the Michael that was like breaking everything that down, makes sense you know? like like people that grew up to see him like just like getting grammy after grammy after grammy i kind of right. wish i was around when right, that happened right. but we we basically caught the tail end of him like when all the the articles were just around so we basically yeah. had to be like you know from hearsay that he was a legend or not right right and i just like i the first time i looked at him i was like he's a weird ass looking dude yeah um and he i guess he has like a like a that weird like michael jackson voice which is already patented yeah. But, Wait, did you say his voice was patented? No, just like it's like oh, the Michael Jackson like that airy, <laughs> airy shit. I was like, I was yeah. like, oh, that's, that's I heard cool. that's not how he talked in real life, and I heard he said nigga a lot. Like, oh, right? like Eddie Griffin, like I think Eddie Griffin said that that Michael Jackson <laughs> say nigga a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Like, like nigga, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, bro, it's, I think um, it's cool. It's as a Supreme collab. Like, it actually reminds me a lot of the Ali one in the way that. Um, the photo logo was right in the center of the, the mm-hmm. hoodie, which is kind of a very supreme like placement of it. Yeah. Um, I'm, it was it was cool looking. It was simple actually yeah. for for what Supreme usually does. Mm-hmm. I think they showed a restraint on like what they usually Supreme designs are pretty nuts. Looking. Yeah. They showed a restraint on it, so I think it's. They wearable. did like yeah. uh, it would have been interesting. If they went like really over the top. Like with remember that Obama all over. Yeah, print? yeah, yeah. Like, I can see them get Obama hoodie yeah. and stuff like that. So I think at this point, if I. The thing is, like, if I were to spend money on of, of that kind of hoodie or like pants of that kind, I would rather just pay the extra for uh, Ali's. One. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go crazy. Like, they didn't sell like a like a sequin glove with Supreme on on the wrist or something. That's weird. Supreme has a really really good eye for and a good good taste level. Like, you would if they choose something that usually just becomes a trick. Yeah, it was right? very laid back. Like, it was a very laid back yeah. collaboration. I, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Do you I. How you feeling? You want to? Uh, you feeling a little tired? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting hungry, man. You want oh, get some chicken? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think about getting some chicken? Um, have you had Louisiana fried chicken around here? It's uh, freaking bomb. Uh, it's um, it's near K Town actually. Oh, you know what? I I feel like I live close to Gus's. And I still haven't been to Gus's. Gus's is pretty good. You'll like Louisiana fried. Uh, if you want to go. If okay, go. I'm down. Okay. Uh, any, anything else? Any closing remarks? Uh, wait. Uh, I'll talk about one yeah, yeah. one last thing. Uh, we're gonna talk about Bryson Taylor. I. Uh, uh, two more things, or two more, two more things actually. Yeah. The thing that I like about recently is that uh, uh, a lot of ticket websites are really getting on this wave of creating wristbands or creating like 
these overall packages for, for festival experiences. Like recently, Ticketmaster, or was it Lab Nation, they did like an $800 festival passport where you could basically go to any festival for $800 for the rest of the year or the rest of the summer. What? Uh, it was really limited, but the thing is you just have to find your way to get there. Does it get me to, into Firefest though? I think it, no, it. shut up. It, uh, it That's the only festival yeah. I recognize. Yeah, uh, but, oh, yeah, man. Oh, wait, uh, speaking of that, uh, another hot take is that Drake is a light-skinned Ja Rule. But people, oh, already, people, oh, already, people already acknowledged that. Oh, my God. Because even Ja Rule said, he's like, man, that's, that was basically me 10 years ago. But uh, I think that's really interesting. I, I, I want people to continue with that. Like, I could see Tidal doing something really dope, uh, creating these experiences. Like, I think they're even doing that with the giveaway now, where, uh, where if you win this auction, you can win tickets you you get tickets to a to title benefit concert in new york so basically dealing with this idea of humanitarianism and everything so that's pretty cool yeah All right. yeah any any other closing remarks before we keep this this memorial day weekend popping keep it popping nah just stay safe out there y'all yeah um thank you for the troops yeah and yeah we getting some shaking right be now. safe and out, stay woke stay <laughs> But yeah, they're gonna find you, and you gonna find this when it drops later this week. Hey. So, so, uh, so until next time, I am Daryl the Sharp. This was Josh Lee, and we out of here. We gonna get some chicken. <laughs>